Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Talking Tax with Zaltrax, the show where we never actually talk tax, just mostly nerd facts. And once again, I remember to say the, the, the opener this time. But more importantly, I'm joined today in my studio yeah. by my brother. Yes, sir. Ethan. Hey, everybody. How are you, Ethan? I'm doing good. Welcome. Thank you. I appreciate it. You've been in this room many a times, but never as a guest. That's true. On the Talking Tax with Self Tracks <laughs> podcast. Never as a guest at all. Usually so, as an intruder. I missed, uh, I missed last week, and I technically missed this week, because it's supposed to come out on Wednesday, and it's going to come out on Thursday, but guess what? Hey. That's the beauty. A wizard is never late, nor is he early. He arrives precisely. That is means correct. Too. I wasn't aware you were a wizard, but... You'll figure that out. We're learning new stuff. But yeah. because of that, we've got uh, some extra news, because I'm going to cover some news from last week, too. And we're going to dive right in. That way we can get to our topic today, which is casting the X-Men in the MCU. Because let's face it, they're going to—they're coming in soon. The deal isn't 100% yet, but it's going to happen. Right. They're going to be part of it. So let's get into the news. And the number one news story from last week was the new Avengers Infinity War trailer, which looks great. It does. I'm, I'm not a big MCU guy. It uh, surprised me a little bit. It's the first time... Um, if I can real quick say this, for, I know it's just the trailer, it's not the movie, but it's the first time in an MCU movie where I legitimately believe that maybe the heroes don't win. This yeah, time. and that's what's cool. I think you can definitely tell from the trailer is the director said that this is going to be Thanos's movie, like it's going to be his story, right. and you can tell that from the trailer because there's so many scenes with him, like, and it's almost like we're going to get his origin with it too, which that'll be cool. I think it's they did a really good job of kind of conveying that, like saying, "Hey, th- these heroes are screwed," but also without um, showing too much. Like, there wasn't a lot yeah. of stuff that I like, was like, oh, like, man. I'm sure there's so much we haven't seen yet, and it's, right. oh, it's going to be good. And straight on to news story number two, the Sea of Thieves controversy. Have you heard about this? Uh, are you saying just the people's inability to play? Well, there's a lot. Okay, so Sea of Thieves came out last week. I was one of the people who pre-ordered it, and basically... There's two massive complaints. The first one has already been fixed, and that was that people couldn't even get into the game for right. a long time, and people were paying $60 for a game, right. and you can't even play it the first night. Like People were really mad about that, Yeah. which, in their defense, apparently they did not expect so many people to buy the game, but still, I mean, come on. You should, I don't know. You're, you're a huge game studio. You should have something figured out. Right. But, and then the one that still is ongoing is a lot of people feel like... Because, you know, they released a bunch of betas. They let people play it before yeah, it came out. I remember we played the beta. Yeah, and in the beta, I remember you said this, in our, and, you know, Jordan, who's been on the podcast before, he was saying this. He felt like there wasn't a ton to do. Right. But I, me and a ton of other people were like, oh, no, this is just the beta. They're holding stuff back. Uh-huh. We're not getting the full picture here. And while technically there was, like, three things that they didn't show us... Literally, there's no more cosmetic items. There's no more like clothes that you can buy. Yeah. There's no more ship upgrades. There's like, and that's the whole point of the game is you want to build up and become a pirate legend and like become your own pirate. Right. And their solution to it, instead of like adding more stuff, was just making everything more expensive. So you have to spend more time to get right. to it. That way, you're playing the game longer. Well, one complaint I heard from somebody um, is he was talking about. You know, you do all this stuff to get this treasure, and then you buy, you know, a different sword or something like that, and it just looks different. It doesn't upgrade the damage, which I don't know if that's accurate. That it, it's true, and I think, I think that one's kind of like fifty-fifty. Like that's good and that's bad because you don't want it to be a game where 
when new people start playing, they're just they're getting, getting wrecked, wrecked by right. everybody who. Well, and I think that's why, like maybe ranked servers. I don't know. I that would be cool. I just think it's. I mean, you need that element in a game of. Well, I want to progress. Well, my big thing that I think could be like the, the the middle ground is let us be able to customize our ships to where we right. can we can add more cannons or we can add more, but at the expense of speed. That way, you feel like you're getting more stuff, but it's also balancing out because you know you've paid to get these cannons added to your ship. That way, you have more firepower and like you're building to something. And another thing that I see people say is there's this guy in all of the little taverns who's like, oh, come to me whenever you're ready and I'll make you a pirate legend. But the problem is there are people who have gotten to level 50 and go to this guy and he's like, you're not there yet. And it's like, how many hours are we supposed to grind this game until we get to like the real stuff or whatever? And it just seems like, I don't know who the developer is of the game. Well, it's like rare. They, They used to be huge, rare and then they made Connect games for a while, and they kind of fell off the map. And now they're this was supposed to be their big like. Right. And I mean, it's a beautiful and it looks game. Like, I mean, and it looks like it was received well, maybe financially received well at first. Yeah, like a lot of people. Bought, I mean, if your servers won't allow the amount of people on the game that have bought the game, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, like that means itself. there's a lot of people. Right, but I mean, I just feel like they completely pushed customization aside because I know we played the beta, yeah. and you thought, well, when, once the beta's over, I'm going to be able to completely customize my pirate, and that didn't happen. Yeah, like they were like, oh, you, you're picking them from a wheel, and then, oh, there's only so many clothes you have. And I'm hoping they see, because the thing is, they're a very, one thing I have to commend them for is this just happened a couple of days ago. They were going to add, like, you had to pay gold whenever you died to right. come back to life. And they saw that fans were super mad they were going to do that. So they were like, okay, we're not doing that anymore. So I feel like they they, they at least know, okay, the fans are what's important. We need to make sure that we're right. pleasing these people. And uh, Not to go on to something else, but I just think pay-to-play has kind of destroyed gaming to a certain standpoint. Yeah, because, uh, like... Uh, the games I play, like, I play a lot of sports games, like, pay-to-play has destroyed those games. Well, it all, like, we had, me and Jordan had a big discussion about this, and it's it's all about, I think it all traces back to mobile games, like... Oh, for sure, Because yeah. used to, you'd pay 60 bucks for a game, you'd get the full game, and then they might release, like, a $20 DLC, but it was, like, a whole big thing. Right. And then, all of a sudden, you got these mobile, you know, these big developers are seeing that, oh... People who play on their phone, they don't mind spending an extra $5 to get a card for their Clash of Clans server or whatever. And then they're like, oh, well, maybe they could spend $5 to get a different gun in Call of Duty or get that. It's just a cash grab pretty much. I mean, and I understand that's your livelihood, but I don't think they're hurting for money. And that's the thing. But the crazy thing, too, is that apparently it recently came out that Xbox... While they were making this game, was like, do not do that. Like people get, and I think it was because Battlefront Two had such right. a huge backlash that they were like, we don't need that. Well, app it's again. just that's an EA developed game, right? Yeah, it's just EA in general, and EA does all the sports games. Yeah, they it's just they're notorious. Right, they've just kind of come into their own as we don't care about public relations because people are going to buy our games. Yeah, anyway. well, I think it all stems. But EA, the the first signs of cracks was I love the Mass Effect games. And Mass Effect 3 was supposed to be this big, massive thing that shows off all of the work that you've done. Because you, you play the same character through it and it keeps your choices. And then, at the end, it like not, like it's all the same. Like Just the color is different. And people were furious. And then EA was like, oh, well, here's a $20 DLC that will give you a little more insight into right. how the characters are now. And it's like, well, why am I having... I already gave you 60 bucks right, to get the exactly. third game. But, anyway... <laughs> 
on to the next news story. This one's a, a little more important to me. But the uh, Dragon Ball movie, the trailer came out, and the art style is also a little controversial. People are saying, well, I showed you an image of it. Right. That it's a little simpler, but I think it's good mm-hmm. because... That means that the animators, because it's it's pretty well known in nerd you know nerd culture, I guess, that Dragon Ball Super suffered a lot because animators were having to draw so quickly, and they were and the first two arcs aren't that great looking because they were still getting used to having to draw so right. quickly and yada yada. And I think with this simple art style, it's gonna it doesn't look bad; it just looks simpler and it looks more like no, the, I think like, it looks very good. Yeah, it looks cool. Like it's more like kind of the classic Dragon yeah. Ball look, and I think it's gonna just uh, once the show comes back because it's coming back. Once it comes back. It's going to definitely help. I think more. one thing uh, that's on the topic of Dragon Ball Z that needs to be changed, if, while they change the art style, let's just get pa- Piccolo back on yes. level ground with Vegeta and Goku. I, I think, and they kind of, I've always said this, and they kind of did it in Super in the Tournament of Power, spoiler alert a little bit, I guess. They come across these two Namekians who are super powerful from this other universe, right. and they're like, how are you guys so powerful? And you remember how Piccolo would fuse with people? Yeah. A turn like a bunch of Namekian warriors from their universe were like, "We want you to win, so absorb us. You can have our power." And honestly, I think it'd be kind of cool, and it'd be give Piccolo like an extra edge of tragedy if all of New Namek, like where the Namekians are now, gets blown up by something like because he just starts absorbing and he boys. absorbs the people. Like the people, are like we're dying anyway. <laughs> take our power and no, Piccolo, let's just turn Piccolo into like a, a, a living terrorist. <laughs> he's like just, stealing people's soul. Make him into Lobo. Namek. He's going across yeah. the galaxy to absorb his race. For just, sure. Yeah, but I definitely agree. Piccolo needs a power because yeah. I, I mean that was just like he's I, a babysitter. I wasn't now. as big into Dragon Ball Z. But Piccolo was my guy when I did watch it. So and he's just, it's just kind of, it sucks. He's become a glorified babysitter. Oh, yeah, for just, sure. What are you doing? I mean, and even in the original, he was a babysitter, but he's a babysitter that was, was awesome. Was a prominent fighter, yeah, and just. Yeah, yeah. like he was going toe to toe. He even went toe to toe. I think Cell was the last one that he really went toe to toe with. And then after that, they kind of moved more towards Goku and Vegeta, which hopefully, like, I'm going to have a whole big episode about this, but. I've I've got some ideas for how to get a big glow back into prominence. Right. But and speaking of prominence, apparently there's someone who won't be so prominent because rumor has it that Venom, Tom, and you'll be interested in this because Tom Hardy's your right. your guy. Yeah, good old Tommy. Uh, Venom is going to be in the last like two minutes of the Venom movie. <laughs> Really? Yeah. the The rumor is the whole movie. He it's just kind of like tendrils coming out of him. And, like, you'll see, like, black veins yeah. on his arm. And then at the very end when he's fighting the bad guy, for, like, a second, like, he's getting beat up. And he's like, oh, no. And then he goes into Venom and beats yeah. him up. And then, oh, no. I mean, I think it's, for one, it's going to allow, as much as that do, does kind of suck, I think that when you get a guy like Tom Hardy, Tom Hardy, you probably don't like, let's mask his face throughout this entire movie. Well, you know what I mean? I mean, and I, I agree, but at the same time, He's Bane, a character. Bane was so good, and right. Tom Hardy was... I don't think it's Tom Hardy who, who did it. Oh, I know it wasn't Tom Hardy. I'm he, just saying in Marvel's mind, maybe. They're I like, oh, we want Tom Hardy's like, yeah, face. Tom Hardy is a place. big... You know, Tom Hardy's one of the biggest guys in today's... Well, then do that. There's a thing in the comic books that's awesome where, like... And I'm doing it with up. my hands. Right. So we'll make it on a podcast. But, like, yeah, his mouth opens up and, like, yeah. goes back behind his head. And it looks so. And just I can just, just picture I mean, Tom I'm Hardy all for like it. I think Tom Hardy has the acting chops to. You could put a 
uh, one of those horse masks on his face well, and he can have an Oscar-worthy performance. The thing is, just in the action scenes, have him go full Venom and then yeah. when he's talking, have him be sure. Tom Hardy. Like, that's yeah. fine. Like, I... Because regardless, Tom Hardy's probably not doing the flips and stuff in this, right. so it's not going to really be Tom Hardy anyway. I, mean, I, th- I mean, I think there's coolness to that, just kind of this regular guy that has this stuff coming out of his body. I mean, I think it's cool. I think it's a cool... I think the, even the thing if it was is, the first maybe, half of the movie, right. I'd be like, okay, yeah. And then about midway point, he becomes Venom full on. And I know like, you couldn't do this just because people wouldn't go watch it, but what could have been cool is just like Tom Hardy... Is in a Marvel Cinematic movie. And we don't know who he is. Oh, he turns out to be Venom. Yeah, and then we start seeing black stuff come out of his body. I just do you do you remember that that space movie with Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan Reynolds, and it was called like Life, and all it was like them up in the they were like up on a space station, and they find this thing, and it starts killing people. Yeah, and like the trailer, the very end of it was like Jake Gyllenhaal closing the door, and Ryan Reynolds is like looking at him through the glass. Right. There was a huge rumor around that time because it's Sony who I remember did it this, yeah. that it was a Venom movie and yeah. they because that because the symbiote that yeah. would have been so yeah. freaking cool and then have Jake Gyllenhaal was going to turn out to be like uh, J Jonah Jameson Jr. or whatever right that would have been although I want Jake Gyllenhaal to have a more prominent role that would still have been that is cool yeah. really cool and speaking of really cool ladies and gentlemen of the nerd variety comic book nerds <laughs> the Fantastic Four is back. I know there are so many people who were waiting for years for them to come back. They've kind of been pushed off pretty much since the MCU happened. And it looks like they're finally coming back. It's going to be later this year. And hopefully the book sells well. Because that's the funny thing. People are like, we need the Fantastic Four back. Like, oh, you took the Fantastic Four away from us. And then the book comes out and nobody buys it. Right. And it's like, if you want okay. him to stay. Uh, to, just to show how in-depth I am into the comic book knowledge right now. I wasn't aware that the Fantastic Four were gone. Uh, I I mean, the latest comic book that I know of is like Civil War and Blackest Night in DC. So I have no, I have no idea about. It's actually really cool. They, so you obviously you know Doctor Doom. You know he hates. Yeah, I mean I have an understanding of the character. Well, he became a god basically, and uh, that's kind of when all this crazy stuff started happening. Is he gained the powers of the Beyonders and became basically like a god. And to save every universe, he made one, like, he was able to put them all together and make one world made up of all these different universes. Mm -hmm. And he was like God King Doom is what he was called. And he, like, presided over them. And there was a part in it where when Mr. Fantastic finally shows up, one of his, like, I think it was Doctor Strange or somebody who was working for him was like, I don't understand. I thought you went to every multiverse and killed Reed Richards. So, like, apparently, Dr. Doom, the first thing he does when he gets these god powers is, okay, I'm going to go to every universe and kill right. Mr. Fantastic. Let's get rid of old Reed. Which, and then, at the end of that, he kind of went off to fix what Dr. Doom had done. And I guess he's coming back now because cause the thing in the Fantastic, and well, the thing in the Fantastic, the thing in the Human Torch, they they stuck around. They just... Oh, okay. Yeah. They just weren't a part of the team. Well, he was a... The thing was even in the Guardians of the Galaxy for a while. Uh. And so, yeah, it, it really... <laughs> I guess they were just like, uh, put him in the garden. Yeah, we got to throw him somewhere. We'll figure it out. That's funny. And speaking of we'll figure it out, I'm really good at segues. I don't know if you can tell. Oh, yeah. I just get it worked out. I'm just a genius. I'm a master of my craft. Right. John Cena himself. Old John. Has been cast as Duke Nukem in the Duke Nukem movie. Well, I think, for one, 
John Cena is not a great good actor, but he's not a horrible actor. And I think he's perfect for this role because this role, there's no human being on the face of planet Earth is going to take this role seriously. No. And I think that's why he's perfect for it. And I think maybe we see we're not going to see a Dwayne the Rock Johnson's stardom like, sprout so, ever yeah. again never again it's just not gonna happen just the way it, no i'm saying just the way it happened because i don't know if you know he played college football at miami oh yeah yeah. and then he became a pro wrestler and, and then, then from pro wrestling he became an actor so it's just kind of we'll we'll never see that again i do think i will say i don't know if what batista did before wrestling i think he's the closest that's getting to it that because he was in wrestling and now he's in movies but i i agree with what you're saying because he like john cena i think has realized like, Batista isn't doing, like, romantic comedies, you know? Yeah, right. He plays, like, the big, tough guy. And But I think in Guardians of the Galaxy, especially, he's oh, no. really funny. Okay, I'm just like, going to go ahead and put this out here, and this is going to be an extremely unpopular opinion. I think Dave Batista is a better actor than Dwayne Johnson. I just do. Especially off those... I just don't ever see Dwayne Johnson and say, whoa, look at this performance by him. I go, yeah. that's a tough dude. Like, that's a big dude. Yeah, and that's a dude that I wouldn't be, want to be in a room alone with, like, stuff like that. Well, but he, it's just not, like, Dave Bautista as Drax, right? Mm-hmm. I was just like, this guy's a good act. Like, yeah. he played that role really well. Like, he's, re- and I like, exactly what you're saying. And apparently this new Skyscraper movie that Dwayne The Rock Johnson's in, they're yeah. saying that that's, like, he actually, it's his best acting he's ever done. So maybe when that comes out, it'll be really... And not to say, I mean, the guy's awesome. No, I think he's a charisma magnet. I think he's a great... I mean, not a great actor. I think he's a great... Performer. Performer. He's a great entertainer, I guess is the right word to put. And he just draws people to himself. He just kind of has that... And he's so nice. Like he's, And that's why I'm kind of... I'm not worried, but him playing Black Adam, he's going to have to do some serious stuff. For one, you know, I'm a DC guy over Marvel. But, I mean, can you really screw that universe up any more than it already has at this point? I just, uh, but Shazam looks good. I'm really hoping Yeah, that. Shazam looks good. And Jason Momoa was a really high point for me. I think he did really yeah. well as Aquaman. And they're saying his Aquaman movie's really good, too. Like, yeah. The stuff that's coming out. And, I mean, it. Wonder Woman. That, oh, that's, that's the highest point. I mean, and Gal Gadot. Is that you say her name or is it Gadot? Gadot, know. yeah. I just think... She's I'm, the best. Yeah. She just has a person. Really awesome person. Yeah, she's like... She's the best, and I love Henry Cavill. Like I think he's a great Superman. He just hasn't been given a chance to be a great right. Superman. But uh, and Ben Affleck and Bat- he's incredible in Batman versus Superman. But in Justice League, they kind of pulled him back. But anyway, back to John Cena's Duke Nukem. John Cena's Duke Nukem. Yeah. I feel like it's the same thing. Remember when the Duke Nukem game came out and nobody cared, and it was just kind of it was, when it got remastered or whatever. And, well, it was it was called Duke Nukem Forever, and they had apparently been working on it for like twenty years or and something. And everybody was just kind of like, and it was super like, uh, like it was very. And I'm not a kind of guy who runs around screaming sexist all the time, but like it was super like no, overly yeah, sexist, yeah. And, so, and it's like it's so, so far behind yeah. and just vulgar. The, like it was just like, yeah, no one wants to play this game. And at this point, I'm kind of worried. Okay, if the game came uh, out, which, and it was like. Who's going to... Which I guess John Cena will be enough of a magnet to be like... Hey, and I want to say that they learned from their list. I mean, I don't yeah. know. And especially in 2018, I don't think that we're going to... Well, here, here's the thing I think they should do. Because I, I actually was re-watching Austin Powers the other day. And I think a, a super... Like, I'm not going to say that movie's intelligent or anything. Right. But a smart decision they made... It's a, I mean, it's very, like, quirky smart. It's super quirky smart, yeah. yeah. And a, a smart decision they made, I think, is... And what they need to do with Duke Nukem is have him be super sexist and like objectifying to women, I guess, but make it where everyone else in the movie is kind of like, you're what an, are you doing? Yeah, like, you're an idiot. Like have him like go around being like, 
oh, nurse, thanks for coming. And it's like, oh, doctor. Or something. Yeah. Like, I think that could be a funny route right. to go. Like, he's the fish out of water and he's still. Right. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I think it could be cool. Like, don't ruin the character for because obviously he is like this, this man's man. Like, like this um, overly macho, like no yeah. person actually wants to be this guy. So as long as they keep the character, I think that'll be fine. Right. But also, in the last news story before we get to our topic, is Telltale Batman season two the finale has happened? I don't. I've. I've. I love Telltale. They're pretty, they're another one of those studios where it's kind of like you love them or you hate them. I think they're incredible, mm-hmm. and what they've done with Batman is even better. I've, I think I've, we've talked about this a little bit. How they changed? They made the coolest decision. Spoilers for Bat, Telltale Batman. The coolest decision I think they've made in the entire thing is about midway through the first season, somebody comes out and is like, "Bruce Wayne, how dare you do this? Blah blah blah. Your dad was a was a lunatic." And Bruce Wayne's like, no, you're a liar. Like, my dad was a good man. He was a philanthropist, blah, blah, blah. And so he starts to do some detective work because his dad's always been, like, a surgeon in the comics. And it turns out he would go to Arkham Asylum and, like, experiment on people. And he was, like, a crime lord. So all of the Wayne family money wasn't like, oh, where are these His dad was, like, a mob boss. And so it kind of turns the whole thing on its head where, you know, Batman, a lot of the reason he does what he does is because his parents were such symbols of hope in Gotham. And now it's like, well, what happens now? <laughs> right, that's insane. And all of his money is like mob money and stuff. And it's mm-hmm. like, geez. That's like, really was... cool, though. And it's cool. And I think in, that was the best. That's the best overall and definitely the best part of season one. The best part of season two, though, is the Joker. He starts off as like your. You meet him at the in season one, and he's kind of like this nice guy. And then in season two, he wants to be your friend. And it's weird because it was hard for me to say. I tried to play it like, okay, I'm Bruce Wayne. I'm not a guy who knows all the Batman lore and all yada, yada, yada. Because it was hard like to kind of separate the fact that, okay, I know that in in the mainstream, Joker's a lunatic. Right. But in this, he's kind of a nice guy who like will kind of freak out every once in a while. But then in this finale, he just he finally snaps because he realizes that Bruce Wayne isn't really his friend. He's just been using him to get close to this crime organization and all this other stuff. And it's really sad because, like, as you're fighting him, he's like, you never cared about me. And you're kind of like, he's not wrong. Like, right. I really did just, <laughs> yeah. like, I used this mentally handicapped guy to, yeah. but it's like, oh, man, and, like, the action scenes in it are great. You find, it's the first time I've ever seen Batman, like, stand up to Amanda Waller in the way that I've wanted it to. I hate Amanda yeah. Waller. So, like, there's a part where she's, like, in the middle of talking to you and you can just press a button and just zip on away. <laughs> I'm funny. like, yes. But speaking of ziplining away, <laughs> another great segue. <laughs> Let's zip on straight to the main topic of this. All right. And we're going to talk about, ladies and gentlemen, our fan casting. Everybody loves a good fan casting. And I thought, you know, my, my brother Ethan here, he's even more, I think probably his favorite comic book movie universe. Is it the X-Men movies? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, aside Marvel-wise. Even, you don't like it more than DC? I, it's tough. I like some X Men. I don't know. Well, I, well, you're a huge. You're you like the X Men a lot, and I love the MCU. And they're apparently going to be clashing Let's merge soon, them. merging. And we've set up some guidelines. Nobody who's played these characters before. So you know, as much as we want Hugh Jackman and James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender to stay around, it ain't uh. happening. Guideline number two: they can't have. They can't be playing in a superhero movie right now. And guideline number three, or they have a contract or whatever. Guideline number three is uh, they can't have a, a semi-significant role in a Marvel. Like if they were in one throwaway scene, 
Whatever, you can cast him uh, somebody. Yeah, that's where I have my first thing. Like, I haven't seen the movie one of my people's ends. I don't know. That's okay. We'll roll with it. All right. We'll make it happen. I have another. I mean, I kind of have a backup for it anyway, but go ahead. And uh, also, guideline number four, screw Mystique. I didn't. Yeah, she shouldn't be as prominent she as she is yeah. anyway. So those in the comic books, she'll show up every once in a while and be like an awesome assassin, and then she's out of. The, and now that she's like the founding leader of the X Men, yeah, I guess so dumb, so stupid. So in in honor of you, Jennifer Lawrence, Mystique is not even on our fan cast list. <laughs> but let's get started, and I think let's go ahead and just tear the bandaid right off with our number one. And that's we're just gonna go ahead and say Wolverine. Who who Hugh Jackman? We love you. I'd give anything in the world for him to be able to stay. And if he does stay, even better. But in our scenario we've given, he can't come back. Right. So, me being the gracious host of this podcast, why don't you go first with your pick for Wolverine? Uh, for Wolverine, I went with uh, old Kit Harrington. John Snow, the Lord Commander of the Night's Watch. Yeah, I just. And it's just the look-wise, like, I think he fits it look-wise pretty yeah. well. And he has the chops for it, obviously. The acting chops, that is, not the mutton chops. See, he could, uh, though. He could grow some mutton um, chops. But I just think, I mean, there's the one problem is he's, and I don't want this to come across weird, he's a little too, almost too pretty for it. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know. But I think that, first of all, this was the hardest one for me, because Hugh Jackman's literally been in movies since I was one yeah, as Wolverine, so... It's kind of hard to put place somebody even in the same category or try to replace him. But Kit Harrington was my guy. I, he was. I almost did Kit Harrington, and I I think he could do it. And I think another thing people need to realize is that when Hugh Jackman got cast as Wolverine, he was like a nobody. Nobody had heard of mm-hmm. him. And I guarantee you, people were like, "What? This guy's this guy was in Broadway stuff. He's too he's too feminine to be right. Wolverine." Yeah. Actually, what was that guy that rock star <laughs> dancing or something? <laughs> There's a rock star, and this is his quote. He is notorious for saying that if he, apparently recently they asked him, if you had, because he was almost Wolverine, apparently, and they were like, if you had been cast as Wolverine instead of Hugh Jackman, what would you have done differently? And his only thing he said was, I definitely would have played it a little less gay. Which, that's funny, but that's the dumbest It's like, what? The most hardcore... Bad A yeah, superhero and yeah, Hugh Jackman. Sure. He's like filleting people. But yeah. What an idiot. But <laughs> I'm going to go. Mine also is, this is a pretty safe pick. It's one that's kind of floating around the internet for a while now. But I think Scott Eastwood could do a good job. Okay, I have Scott Eastwood on my list. Don't tell me who he is, but that's cool. I'm you got him on your elsewhere, list. Elsewhere, yeah. But he, I think that. First of all, the guy needs a chance to get out of his dad's shadow. I think he's always... Who's gonna... his dad? <laughs> I was about to say, oh my God. Oh, oh. And Clint Eastwood is the basis for so much of the Wolverine stuff that we love now. Kind of like right. the drifter, kind of blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I found this fan art. I'm sorry, who's Clint Eastwood? <laughs> <laughs> he's the guy from the Allstate commercials, right? Look, he looks good. Oh, that does look pretty cool. And I know he's not... He hasn't done like a bunch of crazy, super dramatic roles, but I think he can pull it off, Scotty. So I agree. And uh, overall, just I think both of our picks are good picks. I'd yeah, love I think to see Scott is pretty rugged. But I think the cool thing about Scott is they can be both rugged and clean cut. Both. <laughs> Trying to save your selection. Down <laughs> yeah, the I mean, I think my selection is pretty good. Well, the thing about Wolverine too 
is he doesn't have to, like, obviously he's super rugged, but the thing with Kit Harrington is, like, in defense of Kit Harrington and people saying he's not rugged looking enough, the thing about, like, Wolverine, he's rugged, but at the same time, he doesn't look like a homeless man. Right, you know? yeah. Like, he still kind of looks, I mean, he get he he has tons of romances in the right, gong. Exactly. So, obviously, he's not, like, this homeless man-looking <laughs> right. Eskimo guy. But, uh... I think some good choices overall. I think I'd be happy with either one of those right. decisions. And now, how should we do this? Should I go now first, or should, or should it's we, up to you? I'll let you go first again because, like I said, I'm, I'm such a generous host. Who are we going after? We're going for arguably the most important X Men, Cyclops. Okay, that's who I had as Scott. Scott Eastwood. Scott Eastwood. Yeah, he'd be good. I just think. I mean, he'd have to shave his face and stuff, but I just think. He's kind of played that. I mean, I think he can play that straight cut soldier, which we saw literally. If you can't see my hand, people on the podcast, this is very. We saw about this much of that in Suicide If you can Squad. see his hand, please get out of my room. <laughs> yeah, but we saw about that much of it in Suicide Squad, and I just think he can really play that kind of by the book. Yeah, and that's because that's how he is in real life. Like every quote you hear, like I was on his IMDb page looking at what he's done today, <laughs> just trying to, and all his quotes were like. Uh, I may not be the best actor, but I come in every day and work harder than yeah, everyone like, around me. It's the like, guy oh, okay. deserves a shot. I right, mean, he yeah. deserves a shot at a franchise. Right. And I, I'll be down for that. I think that you're right. He could play that by the book. Because Cyclops is a very tricky character. Because he starts off kind of this by the book. I'll do it like just wants to please his, his father figure, Professor X. But I think it's cool because later in the comics he becomes like, almost like a terrorist because right. he, and there's this moment where he realizes okay nothing's changed since the x-men was formed like we're still hated we're doing something wrong here let's try this way and he like he's a really cool conflicted character and i think that's what sucks about james mack or not james uh marsden not being able to actually they didn't give him a ton to do because i think he could have done a good job <laughs> is he also on your list <laughs> james marsden no, I was kidding. Oh. james marsden he's the cyclops in the original Oh, yeah. No, I know who Dan Marsden is. <laughs> <laughs> but my He's d- the prince from Ellen G- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Just the Enchanted. That's what I mean. The prince from Ellen Enchanted was almost Wolverine. Really? Yeah. I don't know his name. I just know. <laughs> I, I know when we watched it with mom that one time she was like, that was almost Wolverine. We were like, stop your lies. And I was like, Drew Barrymore was almost Wolverine. <laughs> but- Enchanted is a... Uh, that's uh, the one with the girl and the... That's Anne Hathaway. That's not true. Oh, what's the one about the girl ever after? That's it. <laughs> yeah, Drew Barrymore. Uh, Anne Hathaway was almost Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> She's got the range, dude. She can pull it off. She's already wore a leather suit. Let's get her she just there. comes in. Okay, now here's my most controversial pick. I think... <laughs> <laughs> I think that this could, but dude, give this guy a chance. I'm giving him a chance. He recently has done a lot of real, like, <laughs> serious movie roles for Cyclops. Oh, okay. I haven't done my Cyclops yet. <laughs> oh, I thought yours was James Marsden. James Marsden. But he's already been Cyclops. He's been, no, no, no. That was a rule. Go ahead. Robert Pattinson. <laughs> Robert Pattinson. Edward from Twilight. <laughs> Are you serious? Dude, I think, have like, all his recent movies, apparently, he did a movie last year that was, like, insane how, like, deep he was in playing this character. And I think, 
much like Scott Eastwood, the guy is stuck in in the shadow of this Twilight franchise. Let him let him be Cyclops and prove to the world that I'm not just the sparkly vampire man. I've got, I can do this. I can be a blockbuster star again. And he bring in all the tweens that right. that I mean, loves. I, I guess. I mean, I understand it. He look. He's got the jaw for it too, because that's important. Scotty yeah. Swift does too, having think, the jaw for the man. I think the problem is I'm picturing him right now is like snow white complexion and things like that, and that's not how he looks. Dude, let me. I'll pull a picture life. for you. I mean, I'm, no, I mean, I, I can. No, understand. no, no. I, I insist. I can understand the pitch. people on the podcast. Welcome. I hope you're enjoying this segment. A very visual episode we have here. A very, you should actually be here, and there should be a camera installed. Yeah, this should this should be live, really, when you get down to it. I'm searching Robert Pattinson on my phone. Aha! Here he is. All old pictures. Let's let's find a newer one. Come on, Robert Pattinson. Don't let me down. Kind of look like an insane person in that one. Which probably would be to our benefit, honestly. Pretty close. Look, he's a regular man. I mean, I understand. He's a real dude. He's not a pale vampire person. He's a regular fella. He's just a guy looking for a way out. Right. (laughs) And speaking of looking for a way out, Jean Grey is constantly looking for... I did... The Phoenix is looking for a way out of Jean Grey. This is the biggest cop out. I've ever done in anything. Go ahead. Who did you do? First, I just said Daisy Ridley. I just threw that. I almost did Daisy Ridley. I'm serious. But then I kind of said, why not, if we're just trying to get a little artsy with it, the poor man Daisy Ridley, which is Anna Taylor Joy. Sorry if I'm offended (laughs) anyone with this statement. If you've seen um, Split. Oh, she's the... She's the... (laughs) (laughs) She's the pee on yourself girl. Yeah, she's like... Yeah, I mean, if I'm in that situation, dude, and that keeps, and that in my mind is keeping me from being, you know, assaulted, yeah, I'm gonna piss all over. <laughs> Welcome, children, to today's episode of. All right, kids, close your ears now. If you ever are scared, urinate on yourself. <laughs> Listen, little Johnny, you pee in the but bed is not a bad. Thing. I think she's a good because it's much like Cyclops, Jean Grey. You gotta gotta have some range because you play the timid. Right, Jean she can Grey be kind of crazy. And the Phoenix. Yeah, she. I mean, she, I think she's a good actress. I'm not saying she's yeah. less talented than Daisy Ridley. I'm saying she's less mainstream. I realized one problem though. I I literally just realized this. She's in the New Mutants movie that's about to come out. Uh, well, you see, in this in this scenario, I've kidnapped the director of that movie <laughs> and forced him to cast someone else as whatever weird character. People will probably appreciate that if you kidnap that director. They've even got. Like, it's supposed to be a horror movie set in the X-Men universe. That's weird. It's just really weird. And they've got poor Arya Stark as a werewolf girl. Ah! <laughs> Good cast. I was about to say, can we be honest yeah. here? I, when I saw her uh, walking down the red carpet at an event, I was like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, dude. She's a very nice lady. Oh, I'm not saying she's in, so in any bad way. I'm just saying. This is all backup in case for some ungodly reason my podcast blows up and I one day have people like that on my podcast. I don't want them to go back and be like, hey, remember when you said I looked like a werewolf on your podcast? Well, I mean, I'm not saying she looks like a werewolf. I'm just saying typecasting. It's a reality in Hollywood. She's a wolf on TV. She's a yeah, wolf exactly. on Yeah, exactly. That's what I was meaning by that. 
My Jean Grey is been in the Marvel movie before for like 30 seconds. And she probably gave Chris Evans the greatest 30 seconds of his life. <laughs> I'm talking about Natalie Dormer. I can feel that. You remember in Captain America, he kisses, she kisses him? Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember? She's like, yes, the women of America. She said, they're not here today. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Plot twist, it was Jean Grey. Chris Evans is like, dude, I'm 60 bucks, we gotta get a kiss and see. <laughs> yeah. If I was Chris Evans, I'd, I would be like, oh my gosh. Like, I would be, like, in the middle of the kiss, I would, like, <laughs> flip off of the camera or something. <laughs> like, well, crap. We're gonna have Chris to Chris Evans went to the director, he's like, really? I just feel like America isn't showing the correct amount of appreciation yeah. for... For old Stevie Boy throughout this film. We need to really seal the deal with the kiss here. Right. That's funny. But I think she's a good no, choice. No, I think she's a, a phenomenal actress. She's I was a just an actor. Actress. She's a great actress. <laughs> I didn't even know she was a man. She's such a good actress. She's a phenomenal actress. I think she's very beautiful. And she could pull off the Jean Grey Phoenix. Because I can imagine her being like, oh, I'm Jean Grey. And I'm just here to help. And then like go insane and start right. murdering people. No, yeah, Phoenix. she has great range for sure. And speaking of great range of motion, <laughs> Professor Xavier, okay. who has no range of motion this is, in his This legs. is my pick where it's kind of like people are going to be like, uh, sir, can you leave the building, please? Okay, my pick for Professor Xavier is Ewan McGregor. Obi-Wan Kenobi? Yes. I think, first of all, we're going, going pre-hair loss, old boy. He's still on the old willy. <laughs> he's probably Willie's. <laughs> Um, and I just think he's a he's a very underrated actor. He he definitely is. He's the best part of the Star Wars prequels by far. Yeah, and I'm saying outside of the Star Wars, um, however you pronounce that weird French movie that I've watched, Moulin Rouge. Oh, uh, I was going to say, what movie are you watching? Uh, I don't know how to say it. Because I'm an uneducated swan. But, uh, Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge. It was a great movie. He was great in it. And I just think it was a great dramatic performance, and we've also seen great action performances with a little bit of dramatic. But he's in a wheelchair. Why would he need to do great action? I'm more meaning in the dialogue, like uh, he did dialogue. Let me because there were. It's let important. me go ahead and clear it. <laughs> <laughs> let me go ahead and lock this down. I think it's a good choice. I don't think it's bad at all. Yeah, I mean, I just it's my only different. thing. Is I would want him to be something bigger, though. You know. Because I love you and McGregor. That's my only reason that I'd go. I <laughs> Bigger know. than the biggest X-Men. I, I mean, we don't like him because he's not running around beating people to death. But <laughs> he's, I mean, he's pretty big. He's important. You're right. Which is why I went with a notorious bald man. Because it's got to be somebody if who can you pull off the bald. George Wilson. No, I'm no. just kidding. That's a made-up name. Mark Strong. I'm going to pull up a photograph. Oh, I know a Mark. Trust me, dude. I mean, I think it's a good pick. If you can hear me looking away, sounding weird, it's because I'm looking away. I like Mark Strong. I think he's really good in uh, The Kingsman. Look at him. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree But here's with the that. crazy thing. Look at his eyebrows, right? Yeah. Now look at Professor Xavier when they draw him. They have the same eyebrows. Wow. That's insane, right? That's spot on. No, I really think that's a good pick. He's very good in the Kingsman or whatever. And just look like that's the kind of guy who could peer into your soul. Peer into your soul and I mean he can he could go blow for blow with whoever you have for Magneto. Oh, that's gonna be good. And I also think that he could Mine is gonna struggle a little bit in the 
in that era. Dang it! He's the bad guy in Shazam. That doesn't count, dude. Whatever, that's stupid. We don't count the DCU. Yeah, it doesn't exist anymore. Which is good because I also accidentally picked another actor who's in the DCU. Ah, you're under arrest. <laughs> uh, leave. I'm taking over the show now. <laughs> uh, the Secret Service will be here to kill you. Man. Speaking no. of the Secret Service being here to kill people, ah. they probably, at one time or another, in the vast span of the comic books, has tried to kill Hank McCoy, a.k.a. the Beast from the Northeast. Ah, the Northeast. I don't know where he's from. I just assume. <laughs> My pick was... Uh... Are you going Blue Beast or are you going... I'm a sad, timid, little nerdy man. I think a little bit of both. I think it needs to have some emotion within the performance. But I think... <laughs> if you, For those at home, he just reached to the sky and pulled out the emotion. And uh, I think it also needs to have flares of aggressiveness. True. So I went with good old Michael Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a bad choice. He's just... I just think he's... He's kind of older than everybody else. Well, I want him on par. See, that's where I wanted to go away from. If you remember the original... The original... <laughs> the originals. The original X-Men, he... You get the... Because of his position of power and things like that, you get the... Uh, you kind of get a hint that he's at the same age as Professor X and Magneto. Because, I mean, he's a blue monster. So, age-wise, we don't know... You're talking about in the original movies. Yes, what did you think I was talking about? I thought you were talking about the comic books. I was yeah. like... He is There's a- only one. Yeah. <laughs> No, uh, but the original movies, yeah, you kind of get that. Um, like he's more of a colleague than a student. Right, and that's how I, he would be in this. I mean, he's a little younger than you, uh, Ewan McGregor, I believe. Don't fact check that. <laughs> Definitely not true. <laughs> but I like it. Yeah. But And the funny thing is, I mocked you for your old age choice. I also chose a very old man for Beast. Ian McShane. Ah. He has the rabid hair look sometimes <laughs> of a beast man. Right. And his voice is so commanding. Right. But it's also, he can be very nice and mellow. Right. Much like Beast himself. Do you know who Ian McShane is? <laughs> <laughs> the dad from Hot Rod. Yes. I, I mean, and I think, honestly, the look. Like, you could do the... the I'm going to pull up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I know who Ian McShane is. I know, but I want. I feel like it'll help here. In the face, he looks like him. Is what I'm saying. No offense, he's a very nice man. Not. I'm just saying, in the face, he looks kind of beasty. For real, look at it. I agree, Uh, especially with the beard. Without the beard, he looks more like (laughs) willowing corpse. (laughs) Mr. McShane, if you're listening, I think that you're a phenomenal actor, and for your age. You look very nice, sir. I think you're one of the, one of the most underappreciated actors of my generation. That's that's for real. I saw my. I'm just saying. He's super. That changes nothing about that. Your face is shallow, and <laughs> contains many crevices. Look at this. I want you to imagine this swooping in as the beast. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, just, a very visual joke for an audio format. Oh, speaking not... of a mustache. <laughs> I don't even know the next. Oh, no, Storm what? is the next. <laughs> Speaking she of a mistake, she forgot to wax last week. And Storm, who on earth could you have chosen for Paula the goddess? Patton. Paula Abdul, you said. Paula Abdul. Former American <laughs> Idol judge. Uh, no, Paula what has Patton. she been in? I'm confused. Warcraft. Ah, Craft of the War. She's Garona. Garona, the great. 
She could pull it off. She's, she definitely could. She's also in that Mission Impossible movie. She is. She's got a very goddess feel to her. <laughs> Whoa, now, brother. You know what I mean? Uh, Sharing your personal opinion. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, I understand what you She has a very regal. Because no, yeah. like she was worshipped as a goddess for a while. Right. No, I wasn't fully aware of that myself. <laughs> but I think that's a. Uh, and she also. You got to think. Because she's got to look good with Black Panther, too. Because they married each other for a while. Did they really? In the comic books, yeah. I think it's a horrible marriage. It definitely is, and I also what's, think what's the dude that plays Black Panther? Um, Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman couldn't hold a torch to Paul Patton. I agree. No, I don't know. As a no, I've, Chadwick, you seem like a very nice. Chadwick call, is. Can I call you Chad? Mister Wick. Oh, uh, we went two different. Uh, I think you're a phenomenal actor, and I really was surprised by your performance in Black Panther by the two trailers that I saw because <laughs> I have yet to see the film. But I'm sure it's great, and it's got my boy Michael B. Jordan in it. As a man who has seen the film, Mr. Bozeman, congratulations on a stellar performance. You won't. I love how we're talking like there's some scenario where Chadwick Bozeman right. listens. We're to We're talking this like Chadwick Bozeman is one of the four people. I <laughs> know. <laughs> Let's. I think Chadwick Boseman. He's a very method actor, and I believe that he might have a role soon where he's playing a small town podcast. Right. Host. And maybe he's doing and his some mentally handicapped brother. <laughs> he's playing both. He's, it's he's, a parent trap situation. Oh, that's funny. Speaking of, oh, I haven't done mine yet. I was about to. That and the man that segue would have worked too. My storm is Calypso herself, Money Penny herself. Naomi Harris. I like it. I like you don't, it well. I you said you don't like it. No, I like it. I think uh, it may be a better choice than mine, just based on acting. She's a fine actress. Yeah, ability. They're both good actors. I, I think, think looks-wise, maybe Paul is a little closer. I think it all... Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, it all depends. She's got... It depends on what I you're pick, going Once for. again, a very visual thing. If for, you're going for the Mohawk Storm, mine's definitely better. See, I prefer the long-haired... I mean, I like them both. I'm just saying... Uh, good choices. Both good choices. And she would look good with my man Chadwick Boseman. For sure, yeah. And speaking of being for sure, I'm for sure that your choice for Iceman will be good. Dave Franco. That's not bad. How old is he? Uh, To be honest, I'm not exactly sure, but he looks younger than I am. Like, Dave Franco looks like 22 years old. That's true. I'm 19, so that didn't make sense. But, uh, um, I think he's a good... He's very charismatic. Yeah, and he's got kind of got that, ah, I'm a cool guy, it feels good. Yeah, like... Which is what... Like, he'd be fun at parties. Right. Dave Franco's funny, bro. I guarantee you Dave Franco... James, he is James Franco's younger brother. I guarantee you he's fun at parties. Maybe yeah. a little too fun at parties. Maybe a little... Maybe I'm going to prison yeah. at parties. Maybe I swear I didn't know how old she was going yeah. to parties. Maybe that Switzerland Swiss girl that I DM'd on Instagram, I believe she was 19, type of party. This actually <laughs> happened. Yeah. The best part is, look it up, kids. Get on Goggle. <laughs> Get on Goggle and tell your parents all about it. Oh, that's funny. My pick is a man who graced many a television screen. <laughs> and truly was the heart of the Wizards of the Waverly Place. <laughs> Max. Okay, like, throughout this, I would say our grades were like, you were sitting at like a... A heavy A, like a flat A, 
and I was sitting like a B minus for our casting. You just dropped from a heavy A to like a D minus on one casting. Give my boy Jake T. Austin a chance. I'm going to do it because Jake T. Austin doesn't even exist anymore. When the Wizards of Waverly Place ended, he combusted like he died. <laughs> his form, his astral, he was a real wizard of Waverly Place. He and was. His astral form went away. We all thought Max was a character and, and then he was killed. <laughs> he was killed on national television. <laughs> he actually died in the finale. But I think that's a perfect thing. My man Jake T. Austin, he needs to rise for another performance. He's, he's going to be a ghost. And he's friends with uh, <laughs> no one. No one knows who he is. <laughs> I mean, Iceman is friends with Spider-Man. More and- people are going to listen to this podcast that have seen Jake D. Austin's last movie. <laughs> oh, did, what was his last movie? I don't want to look it up on air, but uh, we're going to look it up. What was his last movie? I don't know. Um, di- a diary of a child actor contemplating suicide. <laughs> I don't know. Jeez, dude. Jake D. Austin is probably listening to this right now. JT Austin, IMDb. You're about to feel like a fool. <laughs> With, it's all Wizards of Waverly. Hotel for Dogs. I'll have you oh, know. Oh, dude, he was nice. <laughs> he was in the Emoji movie, you okay. fool. <laughs> My bad. He dude. plays Blue Beetle in the Judas Contract. What? <laughs> He's. He's the man who submitted him. <laughs> He's the voice actor. Like, we're tired of seeing your face, Max. My name's Jake. Shut up, Max. <laughs> Where's your sister? Please, guys. Where's your sister? Selena was just an actress. <laughs> Get back in the cage. <laughs> your screen time is over, you animal. <laughs> Return to the Hollywood dungeon. Oh, my God. Jake T. Austin, I think you are a fine actor. I and think I at one point you were a decent child <laughs> star. <laughs> Come on now. If you're a great you actor, you if don't. you're a great actor now, I don't know because I haven't been to the Indiana Film Festival this year to see your movie. You don't land a role like Jesus Adams Foster on three episodes of The Fosters for nothing. No wait, dude, he's in forty-two episodes. Forty-two episodes of a show. I mean, it's pretty impressive, man. I Where's mean, yeah. <laughs> oh, the popularity is declining on this show. Dude. He's a Korean child in this show. He went all out. Is that him? <laughs> That's not him. No. Oh gosh. All right, let's move on to our next pick after we've ruined the career. <laughs> I will not rest until I find Jake T. Austin I mean, let's be here. serious. He ruined his career the day Wizards of Waverly Place ended. <laughs> He was begging him, God, please, Jake, we can't have 40 seasons of this show. Please, <laughs> my family's livelihood depends. <laughs> he tells his mom and dad, you can see, you can see Jake T. Austin's newest role at your local 7-Eleven at the register. <laughs> he, tells, he tells his mom and dad, He's like, it's like a day before the show is canceled. He's like, quit your job. <laughs> the guy walks up to him at 7 Eleven. He's like, hey, man, can you uh, spell me a Mountain Dew? He's like, screw you, Dave. 
<laughs> he's like, years he's like, mom and dad, go ahead, go ahead and uh, quit your job because these wizards ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Thank you, no. His newest magic trick was how long can you live in a cardboard box? <laughs> We've ruined the law of JT. <laughs> Oh my gosh. This is gonna sound great on a podcast. <laughs> Just two lunatics laughing at <laughs> He's on a TV show, he's doing alright for himself. He's doing good. Speaking of doing alright for himself. Max is doing good. Sabretooth is a man who's constantly doing alright because he can't die apparently. No, he can die. Very hard to kill. Lives him. longer. So, who would you choose for Wolverine's estranged brother? Uh, this is also another kind of iffy pick on my part. Jake T. Austin. <laughs> Jake T. Austin's dad, no. Um, he's here. Uh, <laughs> I pick... He quit his job and he's found a new one. <laughs> Scott Eastwood's uh, co-star in Suicide Squad. Joel Kinnaman. A saber Yeah, I like it. I think he... Would be under. I mean, first of all, dude looked big in Suicide Squad, um, and I think he has that kind of build for Sabretooth, where he's not like overly large. And I, he's a very underrated actor to me, and I think he can play the rugged, I'll murder your whole family and not wink. But I feel like Sabretooth needs to be a bit more. Okay, feral. first of all, you chose Jake D. Austin, <laughs> one of your cast members. Listen, hear me out. I'm going to show you two images here. Which, once again, very good for an audio medium. <laughs> this is Scott Eastwood as Wolverine, correct? Very cool. My choice for Sabretooth, Joel Edgerton. Very good. I actually was thinking Joel look, Edgerton. Look at their eyes. No, I, I really do agree. They look like brothers. Much. Yeah. And I think Joel Edgerton is a phenomenal actor. Very, very good. He could put on the muscle for it. And he also could look a big guy right now. like a feral lunatic. I agree, yeah. I mean, I think you're not giving old Joel enough credit. but And Joel's a little bigger height-wise, I think. Or at least maybe his build leads you to believe that. Like, Joel Edgerton is a uh, stocky young man. Joel Kinnaman has a lanky build, which I think kind of fits Sabretooth more. But aside from Sabretooth's build... Sabretooth's a big bruiser guy. He's like yeah, a but brawler. He's, but he's lanky. I mean, he's tall and he has long arms. But I think definitely, yeah. There's a lot of you. Your pick is a little better than mine. I must admit. Um, as um, Jake T. Austin cleans Dave Franco's floor mats right now, it was my choice as Iceman. Let's remember that. I guess to each his own. No, I no. I definitely see what you're saying. I think Joel Egerton <clears throat> is a better pick. For and teams. we both picked a Joel. A Joel. So maybe Sabretooth is meant to be a Joel. I almost chose Billy Joel. <laughs> All right. And finally, arguably, almost closed out the entire podcast. Just that. <laughs> arguably the most important role of all of the X-Men. The one that would require the most acting chops. Magneto. The I master. thought you were about to say my choice of Magneto when you said uh, Magneto. Because mine is Mads Mikkelsen, who is in Doctor Strange. How, how big is his part in Doctor he Strange? He is literally the primary <laughs> antagonist. Are you serious? 
Okay, well, the I, main villain. I've as seen it were. Doctor Strange. So, first of all, wrong choice. First of all, from the <laughs> MCU people. Uh, second of all, you should have saved him for Magneto. I think you should have saved him for Doctor Doom. Now, now I have a little bit of a problem because my second choice <laughs> is literally old enough to be Ewan McGregor's grandfather. <laughs> I thought you were about to say, because my second choice is J.T. Austin. My second choice is 7-Eleven clerk. No, my second choice is Christoph Waltz. Oh, he's just dang. He's a lot older than you, McGregor, obviously. But... So he's a good choice for Magneto. And I, I think you balled up, you and McGregor. You shave his head. He will look close to the same age as Christoph Waltz. And Christoph... Um, He's, he's, first of all, great German far, villain. great German villain. Obviously, he's played Germans before. Uh, I believe he is. A <laughs> <fan>. <laughs> I don't buy it. <laughs> I, he's uh, Swahili. And as much as I love my cast throughout, and there's a couple of holes, Joe Kinnaman, you piece of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, uh, I mean, I don't have any Jake to y'all. I don't have any... <laughs> Moon crater sized holes in my casting. I think Jake Austin will surprise you. No. <laughs> Maybe he'll surprise me when he says, Sir, you want a lottery ticket <laughs> with your drink? But uh, Mark uh, my words. Here in a few years when Jake D. Austin's cast is the Iceman. Mark my words when it comes up on Yahoo. Wizards of Waverly Play Star <laughs> Dead at 26. <laughs> From Wizard of Waverly Place, but I, as much as what I like brought my so cast, much joy to so many children, <laughs> I think I like all my choices. But Christoph Waltz, I think, is um, worlds above everybody else on my on my list here. That's a pretty good. I would be definitely be very happy with Christoph Waltz as Magneto, almost as happy as I would be for my own. Because what does Magneto, and it's almost like God intended for this, because what did Magneto... (laughs) Prophetic wisdom. What does Magneto control? Water. No, I'm just kidding. Metal. Metal. What is probably the most well-known metal in the world? Jeremy Irons. (laughs) Jeremy Irons as Mr... That's that's really good. Imagine his voice being like... I told you, Charles, but he'd do his own thing. Right. He'd be like, I told you, Charles. I, like, I can't do yeah. it, Jeremy Irons. And I know he's Alfred. He's out. He's not ever coming back. He hated Batman versus Superman, and then Did Justice he? League bombed. And so is this now, a real thing? Like, this is real. Did? Okay. He hated it. I doubt he will ever come back. Um, my problem, I have two problems with your casting. Um, Jake T. Austin is going to be surrounded by good actors and people that are going to braid him <laughs> on his performance. And lead to his untimely death, <laughs> as we have before mentioned. Then he'd get an Oscar for his role, though. No, if it's the was that a shot at <laughs> the late Heath Ledger? This podcast has been shut down. No, I think Heath Ledger. I think Heath Ledger is phenomenal. It was so, just uh, a jab at a funny comment a lot of people make. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I, I don't know if I agree with the comment, but. So you're saying you agree that Jake T. Austin should play Iceman? Yes. Never again. So what was your... You you said one point, and then you said secondly, and there was no second point. 
Um, secondly, Jake T. Austin should no longer exist. His, his purpose on this earth has come and gone. He was Max on Wizards of Waverly Place. And now he shall be Iceman on X-Men. Coming Maybe to that's you. what his 30-year-old live-in-their-mother's-basement friends call him on the Xbox Live. <laughs> but I don't think that that's a reality. If I ever run into Jake T. Austin, I will make him sit down and listen to this entire podcast. If I ever run into Jake T. Austin, I'll probably be like, man, you still have more money off royalty checks from Wizards of Waverly Place than I will ever The guy's see. probably making... Ba- he's in things. We looked, He's in a TV show right now. Right. The Fosters. The Fosters, which is about a foster family, which is also true about Jake T. Austin, who was given him for adoption once he <laughs> lost his role Not on Wizards. His parents were like, we're done here. His parents were like, who are you? No son of mine. No son of mine loses a Disney contract. You have two choices, Jake. Go down the route of Lindsay Lohan or obscure yourself. That's one thing. At least the guy hasn't fallen down the Lindsay Lohan, I'm right. a lunatic route. Right, I agree. And, Ethan, speaking of Lindsay Lohan, thanks for coming on this podcast. I am very similar to Miss Lindsay Lohan, and I appreciate you having me, just like she appreciates drugs. (laughs) (laughs) Drugs, and apparently she's in a car commercial now, and she looks like she's been stepped on by a horse a few times. Wow. But... As you may or may not know, I don't have an outro for my podcast here. I let the guest decide, as it were. Jordan made some stupid remark about banana chips or something. Graham just said goodbye. Caleb, what did Caleb do? Poor Caleb. Mine will be this. R.I.P. J.P. Austin. (laughs) He's not dead. In my mind, he is dead. I I am retroactively changing the outro to long live JT. Okay, that's fine. He's been dead for a while. So, uh, thanks guys for coming out. We will see you next week. Ethan, you got anything you want to plug? Yeah, uh, go check out um, a cool new game. NBA. 2K18, not really. It's the same game every year. EA, thank you for taking 60 bucks from me. Again. Jake T. Austin, I'd love to have you on the show. R.I.P., Jake. Long live, Jake. Or should I say R.I.P., Max? Because that's all you'll ever be. <laughs> or should, uh, fine, then. You say R.I.P., Max. I raise you. Long live, Iceman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice.